I'm back this week with Pastor Joe Pastore, Senior Pastor of Bethel Assembly of God. And last week, if you missed last week's program, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, we, we jumped into some of his experience, 30 years, Bethel Assembly of God, an inner city church here in Newark, New Jersey. But we also hit on how to practically be led by the Spirit of God in this season. And uh, just before we began the broadcast, I told you we've been friends for many years and uh, you, you were a leader in my life and now it's an honor to co-labor with you, honor to come here every year to minister here at Bethel Assembly of God. And one of the things even that we were talking about this afternoon and that I felt like the Lord even emphasizing yesterday morning in the Sunday morning service was just talking about some of the generals that have gone before us and even how important it is to recognize for me and honor the work that they've done, and not only the work that they've done, but just the example that they left us. And, and I know you and I kind of share this love of understanding historically, particularly Pentecostal charismatic history, and uh, how that ministers. I, I know for me, I had a very specific mandate from the Lord. I want you mm-hmm. to study these specific people. And it's made a very profound impact on, on, on my life. Uh, I know for you, you were telling me you really, as a younger man, still a young man, <laughs> really were, were drawn to R.W. Shambach. Can you tell some, not, not even, a, you can jump into that if you want, but just tell, uh, talk a little bit about of just your hunger to hear about the things of the Spirit, to hear those stories, and, and how it impacts you and how it impacts your, your even walk with the Lord and as a leader and as a minister of the gospel. Well, it's very interesting uh, you asked that, Abner, because I, I, I grew up, I come from a Roman Catholic background. Mm-hmm. And so the very things that you were talking about, I knew nothing about mm-hmm. any of those things, the gifts of the Spirit, any of that. The first time I did encounter someone speaking in tongues was um, I went to a Catholic charismatic service at St. Thomas the Apostle in Bloomfield. The first time I ever actually heard someone speaking in tongues. Were you born again yet? um, I was seeking. I wasn't born again yet, but I was seeking. But it did call to mind because during my time as a seeker, nine months when I was reading the scriptures, Mm. I did, you know, I was reading through the gospels and acts. And so the phenomenon of speaking in tongues, well, that I was familiar with. So that was my first encounter, but it really didn't, uh, it really didn't um, make a larger connection until sometime later after I had received the Lord. Mm. And so I, I, you know, was just going to my local church, not exactly knowing where God wanted me to go. I knew God had something for me. I knew God was calling me to something. Uh, where to go to church, I didn't know. So I just went to my local church, um, you know, just a block away. There's a Catholic church down the street. And everything was you know, nice. But I had asked a friend of mine. He had had experience going to a lot of different churches. I said, tell me about the different churches. And he was telling me about, you know, different churches. You know, Baptist churches. Oh, they're really into the word of God and so forth. And, and then he came to the Pentecost. He said... <laughs> He said, oh, then there's the Pentecostals. And he started to describe to me spirit-filled worship, okay? What it's like to be Pentecostal, you know, the uh, exuberant worship, praise, the gifts of the Spirit, everything like that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you just described to me a bunch of uh, different kinds of churches. You know, so there's Christianity. Some of these churches are Christianity light. (laughs) And what I said, but this Pentecostal, this sounds like Christianity deluxe. Well, I said, you know what? I want Christianity Deluxe. Mm. 
And so when, uh, as a younger believer, my hunger for God just continued to grow. And, um, and one of the things I used to do would be listening to preaching, teaching. I just couldn't get enough of the mm. word of God. And one of those was R.W. Shambach. Mm. And I used to, back then, this, this is a day when, you, you know, if you missed the radio broadcast, that was it. So I would record his I would record his messages. And so one of the things that was, there were some common themes in his messages that I, I noticed. There was salvation, of course. He, you know, he is evangelist, so he right. preached salvation. Right. That, yeah, was, was. that was central. Yeah. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit was mm-hmm. something that he preached regularly. Um, teaching about it and, and the, describing the dynamics. Healing, of course, he would, and, and then, of course, uh, the rapture of the church. So there, mm. and, in a sense, in the assemblies of God, those are our four cardinal doctrines. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it, I was just really drawn to that. And there was that kind of a hunger. And so when I finally started attending a Pentecostal church not far from here, um, you know, I, 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 I really appreciated the dynamic of the spirit. Mm. One of the things that was interesting about our prayer meetings was everyone was different. You never, you never exactly mm. knew what to expect. Our pastor used to move in the prophetic, amazing. Used to move in the prophetic, you know, mm. much like yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, and I thought that that was just. I thought everybody did. Right. <laughs> you know, right, I just right. thought, wow. I was just so impressed with how the various leaders used their giftings mm. and how how, how uh, the anointing that was on each of them. Uh, I was just so impressed with that. Mm. And so, yeah, and so when you experience uh, this, a spirit-filled uh, worship, you want more. Mm. On the, the other side, too, though, was having discernment because sometimes there are moves of God which can kind of, you know, uh, uh, go off in a direction maybe where God never intended. So kind of learning that, that thing to stay within the bounds of the Word of God. yeah. You know, um, discern what God is doing in the hour. Right. And, 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 and that's a key thing because mm-hmm. there are different seasons in which the spirit of God is moving. And you mm-hmm. got to kind of discern what is it that God is trying to accomplish. And, you know, how are we to enter into what God is doing? And, yeah. And, you know, it, it, discerning that is very important. Now, as as a younger believer, it's interesting. You just something jumped out at me. You read the word of God and you're like, hey, this is in the Bible. So when I'm seeing this, this shouldn't be that big of a deal, which sometimes that's a bridge that other people need to cross because maybe the, uh, their tradition, traditional, the tradition they were in, not the tradition, but the tradition they were in taught them that's not for today and things like mm-hmm. that. So that was not a bridge that you had to cross. So how over the years for me... When, and you said, you said, you told me, you tell this to your people all the time here at Bethel. If there's more, why wouldn't you want more? And now, over 30 years in ministry, been how long since you've been born again? Over 40, uh, just 42 years. 42 years. And for me, I think, even though obviously I haven't been perfect, made lots of mistakes, for me, I think the moment I decided, that I want everything in the book. I want to experience the power of God. I want to, um, I, just, I, I wanted the more. And there's still more that I haven't touched. I have pursued that and pursued that and pursued that. And uh, one of the things even you just said though, of uh, making sure in a sense that I'm founded correctly was always constantly in the word, in the word, in the word, in the word. And if I thought it for a minute 
like, eh, I'm not quite sure about that. I'm not sure if that's the Lord or what, what, what's happening there. I've always learned it's better to kind of like, not in a sense totally back away, but be patient, not fully jump in, maybe just kind of just watch what's going to happen because it's okay to be a little behind than to jump into something and then to jump into something that maybe God never intended for you. But I, I guess I say all that to say, what have you, what have you as a believer all these years, what have you done, the choices practically to stay the course, to stay in the fire of God, to live a spirit-filled life, to not back away from the things of the Lord? Because one of uh, the passions of my heart and my greatest desire beyond, way beyond anything that the Lord's called me to do, uh, I want to start well, I want to stand well, and I want to finish well, and I don't ever want to back off from from the things of the Lord. I don't, I don't, I just, Amen. I don't have any desire to do that. <laughs> well, you know, there, there are a couple of things, at least. One is, and this is something I'm teaching our people, for example, uh, right now, I'm doing a series in our Wednesday Night Bible Studies of the activity of the Holy Spirit in Luke and Acts. And mm. one of the things that I feel is important to me, I am a pastor of a church that, this church is 112 years old. This ah. church goes back to the Pentecostal revivals. Yeah. In fact, this church predates the Assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. They founded in 1910, actually in 1907. Mm. Uh, Minnie Draper and some others were meeting for Bible studies, so they formally incorporated in 1910. Ah. So my point is, is we receive, this church was born out of a move of the spirit. Mm. And so in a sense, I kind of feel like we, that's our inheritance as it were. One of the things I feel is critically important as the pastor is for me to have our, to keep our people in touch with who we are. There are certain things that are in our DNA that we need to keep in contact with, with that we need to kind of keep. Um, otherwise, you lose them. And, and what I mentioned to our people is that, you know, your doctrine should also be your practice. Because over time, if what happens is, if it's not, sooner or later, it'll be your doctrine. It's not your practice, but it'll be your doctrine. But then there'll come a point where it's not even your doctrine anymore. Right. It's not even your teaching anymore. And you lose that. And that's a scripture that, that is a scriptural principle Mm -hmm. um you know whatever to him who has more will be given to him who does not have um even that which he seems to have will be taken away that's a scriptural principle so one of the things is let's remember who we are and as the pastor of this church one i kind of feel a sense a burden a responsibility to pass on that heritage and it's, it's, it's challenging in that I look at the people who went before me, and I said, these people were giants. Mm-hmm. I, I look at them, I look at the, do you, this church, for example, one of, one of the assemblies of our general superintendents came, was pastor of this church. Mm-hmm. E.S. Williams, one of our former general superintendents, was the pastor of this church, one of our former district superintendent. Wow. Uh, Frederick Ide was the pastor of this church, and this church had many people that God had used in powerful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to to move in the spirit, and and that's one of the things is you feel that sense of responsibility mm. that I don't want it to be lost with me, right? You know, and and it, it could be if you're not intentional about that. So one thing is to is to maintain. It. Remember who you are. Remember remember where you came from. Remember that this is it's there's this is our doctrine for a reason because we were founded in this dynamic. And you know, 
Abner, I really appreciated something that you hit on uh, last night in your teaching, and that was that there were a lot of people who paid a price for this. Mm -hmm. There were people who, in the early days of the Pentecostal movement, who were persecuted, even by people in mainline church. I mean, right. Christians yeah. in mainline churches persecuted Pentecostal believers. And I, and I had heard about meetings where they would, they would be out preaching the gospel, and they would come with rotten eggs and rotten tomatoes right, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that and, and so forth. So, so that's one of the key things is, um, you know, and, and try to create that dynamic where there's a hunger in people um, to want that. And that's why I tell them all the time, if you know there's more, how could you settle for less? Um, the other thing is, and this is a key thing, is to maintain, is to maintain an openness. Hmm. And, 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 and you've got to know the scripture. Being grounded in the scripture is very important, so this way you're discerning. And, and because what does Paul tell us? He says in, uh, for example, he says in 1 Thessalonians, He's, he tells the people, and look at the context. I have to look at the context, you know, we, you know uh, and everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Okay. He says, uh, quench not the spirit. Forbid not to speak in tongues. So, and then he comes, you know, hold on to that which is good and avoid every kind of evil. Or, uh, you know, avoid the appearance of evil. The, a lot of times we quote those verses out of context. Well, you know, you got to avoid the appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not supposed to get into that elevator with that woman or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're not supposed to be out with that thing. So we right. think about avoiding the appearance of evil. But if you look in the context, that's in the, that, that scripture is given in the context of the spirit. And he's like, you know, quench not the spirit, forbid not to speak in tongues. But here's the other thing he says, test everything. Mm -hmm. Hold on to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. And so, so you've, you've got to be discerning. But with that, and one of the things that's helped me is knowing that God calls me to be discerning. That I shouldn't necessarily just accept anything that someone says is spirit. No, yeah. I'm called to discern. He says, test everything. Right. So now I've got a responsibility to test that. Yeah. And I tested according to the word of God. I tested according to the witness of the spirit. My witness, and also, Abner, I think you understand that when the spirit of God is at work in a place, there is a collective witness of the spirit. There is. It's a collective thing because the body of Christ is one. There's one head and there's one spirit. And so there's that collective witness. But along with that, though, here's another thing that I've learned. And it's, and it, it's something that I wrestled with. You know, Abner, and it, go, it, it stems from my personal experience, but also from what I've seen with others. You preach revival, you preach the gospel. You've seen some people that they'll be baptized. You, you go lay hands on them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Then you see other people, they'll pray, they'll pray, and they'll pray for some reason. What I think happened, and this is what I think it is. I've, I've often wondered about that. I said, God, why is it that some people receive instantly, and yet other people, they struggle with it? And I think point. it has to do with, yeah, and, and, and in fact, this is, this is something that I'm going to be you know, um, going into in more depth with our people. It's because of how we are made. It goes down to who God is, how God operates, how the enemy operates, and how we operate. And I'll explain. Mm -hmm. You see, there's freedom. God, God wants us, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, right? Mm -hmm. God wants us, and, and so that's why... There is a freedom. We are to be in a posture of surrender. When you're in a posture of surrender, then you, then you are open to what God has for you. What you described before was a beautiful expression of somebody who says, Lord, I want everything that you have for me, and, and I don't want to lose out on anything. Mm -hmm. And that there's a certain posture that you bring. It's a posture of surrender. Now, here's the thing. God 
doesn't force people to do anything. If anything I've, dis- I've discovered about God, God respects human free will. Yes, he does. I mean, it's like sacred to God. It he really respects is. free will. And so if someone is not open mm-hmm. to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, say, well, God will respect that. Yeah. You know, the spirit of prophets is subject to prophets, right? I mean, and, and, and one of the things we see about the way God operates, God doesn't force himself on people. Otherwise, everybody would be saved. Right. I mean, think about it. Right. Well, God have to do what force everybody to receive Jesus. Right. Talk about language. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. God respects the free will of people and even comes with, because God, I think he is a loving, patient, heavenly father. He kind of respects where people are. Other thing too, Abner, is I think some of the dysfunctions that we bring hinder 100%. us yeah. from receiving more from God. We bring yeah. a lot of dysfunctions. And, you know, you, I think you had mentioned it yesterday's, uh, yesterday morning's message, and it's true, is that you know, we, we have a lifetime of working through a lot of our dysfunctions, and sometimes those are the things that stand between us. If a person, for example, if a person is a control freak, that's going to, stand, that's going to keep you from entering into a fuller experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, um, or if you have a problem with surrender, if you have a problem with trust, you know, a lot of these issues right. will keep a person um, from receiving a, a fuller portion of what the Spirit of God wants to do. And so yeah. that's why it, 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 it takes, you know, trust as you develop intimacy with the Father. You trust there's more trust. There's more openness. Mm-hmm. You trust your parents, right? You, I mean, you know, if your parents are loving parents who do right by you, you trust them. You, you, and, and you know, like the Word of God says. He says, um, he says you know, if, if, if you're, any of you are a father, if your son asks for bread, you're going to give him a stone. Mm-hmm. If he asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit yeah, to those who ask. So when you have that trust, that surrender, the, the, the posture of an obedient child, you are so much ready, more ready to receive. Yeah, I think a few thoughts I have just listening to you. I think it was beautiful, some of the things you were saying. Number one is just a life principle that just, yeah, when I listen to people talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, how to practically walk this out, I think of just principles God puts in me. I filter it through the principles that I have. Number one is never assume, I never, I never try and assume I know what God wants to do. Now, obviously, when I'm ministering tonight or even when I'm going somewhere, you have these thoughts or you think it's, you know, you, you, you lean into the Lord. I, okay, I think God is going in this direction, but I never try and assume, or even I just something as practical as this, when I'm praying for the sick um, in a public meeting, I try and, okay, do you want to do it in a prayer line or can I just pray for it corporately? Because sometimes we think because we did it this one way and God you know, really showed up powerfully that time, we've got to do it again uh, in the similar manner. And then uh, just the second thing is, again, there's a theme even developed in these programs. And it's just this, and, and I believe, said at the top of the program, that this is the greatest time to be alive we're in a time of outpouring, but if there ever was a um, time to discern, we've always needed to discern as a people, it's right now. It's right now in the people of God. And, and it goes even back to something we had in our previous conversation. It's this, that I have just found it goes back to the simplicity of the word of God. And I find that and actually, even when I'm saying this, I see like these two different tracks 
And we're actually hosting a conference in October called The Word and the Spirit because in this move of God in the earth, it's going to be the Word and the Spirit moving together to advance the people of God. And we know, tragically, there's been a lot of dysfunction because either been one or the other. Mm. And I believe the beauty of what God is going to do in the earth right now is the Word and the Spirit operating together. In fact, one of the things that we've heard for many years, and I believe it's the will of God, the, the harvest. I believe you don't have a harvest unless you have mature believers. Because, uh, in a sense, to capture the harvest. Because uh, why would God entrust us with a billion-soul harvest if there's no one to bring those people into maturity? And so I believe another part of what God is doing here, yes, there's a billion-soul harvest. Yes, I believe because God is jealous for people, there's going to be a witness in the nations that we've never seen before because he loves people. He doesn't want people to perish. He doesn't want them to keep living the same. He wants nations to see a witness of Jesus. Mm. But in the middle of that, when I say in the middle of that, this dual thing of I believe we can help accelerate that as a people if, if we mature people. Because mm. how, who's going to get that harvest? It's going to be people with the ability to actually govern themselves and then govern the world around them. It would be possible, too, because you said something that was really interesting. And you were talking about this, uh, the word, the spirit. So it's, in other words, there's going to be this alignment of yes, the word and the spirit. Yes, as never before. Yeah, and what, what I, I trust that means is an alignment of the body of Christ. Yeah. Because when that's we talk right about there. the miracle, yeah, 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 we're talking about something that's worldwide. It's going to transcend denomination. Yeah. It's going to transcend uh, the kinds of barriers that we've put up. And, and I think that those barriers have represented various elements of immaturity. So not as indiv- not only are we looking at the maturity of individual believers, we're looking at the maturity of fellowship, maturity of churches, yes. maturity of yeah, fellowships, the maturity of the body of Christ to such a degree that there will be a unity yeah. like never seen before. Yeah. And it won't necessarily matter what your uh, what your tribe is, or your stripe, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, your yeah. denominational affiliation, because it will transcend that. I know? agree. One of the number one things, not number, one of the major themes that's come up in our prayer group, Daniel Company, and just in my personal prayer time, is just the the concept of God's people coming together as never before. And I think uh, when you say that, I think it's important to distinguish. I, I'm not talking about um, embracing things that are clearly unscriptural, which we see a lot done now, unfortunately, in our culture, that this is clearly not the orthodoxy of Scripture. This is out of alignment. But I'm talking about a love for a brother that you and I can think, not necessarily you and I, but we can think completely different about something that is non-essential in Scripture. But we can embrace each other as brothers, and we can embrace this move of God and say, hey, they think totally different about baptism than me. But look at what the Spirit's doing and look at how he's ministering in our community. And we are actually one body, many members that uh, it said the unity of the Spirit, not the unity of doctrine. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just always like to distinguish that. Some people are like, what do you say? You just accept. No, I'm not, I'm not saying accept anything. Absolutely. And so much it grieves my heart that sometimes so much of what we see done in the name of God, God has nothing to do with. 
the standard of scripture is the plumb line. That's clear. But if I can disagree with something, and I just say all that because I know there's been this renewed even repentance in my heart. Be really careful how you speak about even other brothers and sisters in Christ. Be really careful about um, even people who don't even believe the gifts, just all these things, because I believe that there that is part of the maturing, that it's going to be many members, one body, and actually the world will know us, but Jesus' words to us, by our love for one another. And you know, I mean, that, that, that's very powerful. And one of the things we have to be careful about then is not allowing things to fragment us. Yes. Because the culture will do that. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to emphasize to our people is that our allegiance is first to Jesus Christ. Yes. It should not be to any kind of political entity or, affi- mm-hmm. or, or affiliation or anything, but it's first to Jesus because then your allegiances remain right. And, you know, what the scripture teaches, uh, because, you know, love is the great mark of maturity. It is. And, you know, what does he say? Let's say right? that again. Yeah. Love is the great really mark of true. maturity. You know, because yeah, yeah. he says, um, you know, what is John? He says, we love because we first, because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. If I say I love God and I hate my brother, he says, anybody who says that, that person's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So this command yeah. we have from him, he who loves God must love his brother also. And so that's the thing is that. We, that the love of God is that great unifying factor. Our lordship, our allegiance to Jesus Christ is our great unifying mm-hmm. factor. More than any other alliance. Because if there's any other alliance that is more, uh, that, that, that is, is um, how can I put it, that is stronger sure. than um, our bond in Christ. Well, Jesus taught us, right? Right, exactly. Be aware then of the fat leaven of the Pharisees, right. religious spirit. Sadducees, political spirit. Exactly. And, so. what, and then you have the body of Christ being fragmented, mm-hmm. um, and it, which is exactly what the devil wants. And I think, and, and I want you to pray here in a minute because we're, we're kind of landing the plane here real quick. I, I want you to pray in a minute just for the unity of the body, the unity of people, and that God would teach us. Because I've, I've had to grow in this, repent and go, man, my, my alignment's been off in this area. My, my approach in that, is in that area. But one thing I do recognize is it doesn't mean I have to stop, in a sense, giving up maybe certain worldviews that I have, certain ways of, of the way I think government should function or political leaders should function. It's just I don't make that a dividing line between me and a brother and then also... Uh, now, to me, where the Bible is clear, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear about unborn children. The Bible is clear about same-sex relationships. The Bible is clear about all these things. So, but there is a, a love that you approach it with. But he, so God, I don't believe that God calls us to put our put our own views at the door. It's just He's saying, don't put these views ahead of being able to live in a family with your brothers and sisters. Very well put. So pray for the people here as we land the plane. Pastor Joe, it's been an honor to have you on the oh, program. The honor's been all mine. Okay. It's really been a privilege. Thank you yeah. so much. So just pray for the people in the unity of the body. Father God, we just want to thank you. And Lord, your word says that they will know that we are your disciples by our love one for another. So Father, I pray that there would be an outpouring yes, of the love of God in the body of Christ so that we will grow up into full maturity, into the, uh, the full stature of what you intend for us to be as the body of Christ 
in our Lord and Savior Jesus. Lord, let the love of God, let there be a free flow of the love of God from one to another, that others would see that witness and know that you are alive among us. In the name of Jesus.